It's getting close to the 4th of July. This year marks the 245th anniversary of the Declaration of Independence. And for 245 years, we have enjoyed freedom in this country like no other country has had. But now, that freedom is rather precarious. We've been seeing all kinds of things where we question not only the freedoms that we have, but the intentions of our elected leaders in preserving that freedom. And it's commonplace now in the United States of America to hear the word socialism being used. Sure, they might use the word democratic socialism, but who during the greatest generation, during the uh, height of the uh, silent generation or the baby boom generation would have ever thought that socialism would be seriously considered in the United States of America. Now, I'm not one to normally accentuate the negative. In fact, I'm not one to normally talk about politics at all on this particular podcast. But this is a subject that has been on my mind a lot lately. Now, if anyone happens to be listening to this who is for democratic socialism, it's okay if you disagree with me. But this is what I have seen and experienced firsthand from an ultra-liberal government such as New York State. And quite frankly, we cannot extend this type of government any further into the quagmire of socialism. We need to instead deregulate and find ways to cut taxes and cut spending. We cannot have ignorant bureaucrats and politicians micromanaging people's lives, businesses, professions, healthcare. We need to have the professionals be free to be in charge of the profession in which they had dedicated their lives to. I used to help my wife run a daycare and I used to work for a newspaper. I currently work for a medical shuttle service. And here's what I've learned about what we have so far in just this state with ultra liberalism. Not socialism yet, just ultra liberalism. New York State has the highest tax burden in the country. Yet, it is $150 billion in debt as of last year, and that was before COVID. Now, that just does not seem to add up to me. Shouldn't New York's budget be balanced if it has such high taxes? On the other hand, maybe part of it is because 1.4 million people have left New York over the past decade because of its high taxes and outrageous regulations. And speaking of outrageous regulations, here's what I learned from running a daycare. We had hundreds, that's right, hundreds of regulations on our personal in-home business. Technically, on paper, the business was ours, but essentially speaking, our home and business was seized by the government. I know it sounds ridiculous, but that's because it was ridiculous. We couldn't have dogs in our own home. I know some of you might be against guns, but imagine all the hunters out there who couldn't have guns anymore because they had a daycare in their home 
Never mind the guns are locked in a cabinet and many gun cabinets are now essentially safes. We couldn't let the kids watch TV. Not even Sesame Street or Mr. Rogers. Now try and tell a four-year-old with autism that they can't watch their favorite TV show. We couldn't give kids cookies or lemonade. We had to have bars on our windows. We had to have an evacuation plan and monthly fire drills. Now that's not so bad. But try to explain to a two- or a three-year-old what a fire drill is or what an evacuation plan is. We had to have a shelter-in-place plan and a kit in the event of an active shooter in the middle of nowhere on a dead-end road in which we live or a flood on top of a hill in which we live. We had to keep an attendance list. We had to have a paid employee for if we had more than six children. Now, think about that. Why do we need an attendance list? If we have five, six kids, why do we need to keep an attendance list? Who is it for? And a paid employee for more than six children? That might be fine for some people, but is it, does it need to be a law? And the employee ended up making more money than we did because of minimum wage. And because we had subsidized children, we couldn't bill the state our own rate. We got whatever the state decided it was going to pay us. More on that in a minute when we talk about health care. And because most of the kids were subsidized, we thought it fair to give the paying parents who were also trying to make ends meet, some of them each having two jobs, we, we tried to give them the same rate that the subsidized parents had, just to be fair. We had to be in the same room as the children at all times, which meant all the children had to be in the same room at all times. Try doing that while potty training or changing a diaper or making lunch. That also meant we had to literally watch children while they slept. We had our name on some kind of watch list because we filled out paperwork wrong. And there's more to it, but I won't go on any further, but ask anyone who is a business owner about the heavy restrictions under New York regulations or those who are under an agency that the Empire State has taken over. Now, I don't believe that's what they meant when New York was named the Empire State, but yeah, it kind of reminds you of an empire now. Or you can ask anyone who managed tax-based agencies such as towns, counties, school districts. Now here's what I learned about free health care through personal experience while I was working at the newspaper and while I work with a medical shuttle service. What good is free health care if there are no health care providers left or what ones we do have left have subpar health care compared to what we have now or what we could have through the free market? Here's what I mean. When I drive throughout half of New York State from Buffalo to Syracuse, almost every health care institution I go to is part of a larger system. Why is that? because Medicare and Medicaid does not pay its bills. And when they do, 
just like our daycare, it's not at the provider's rate, it's at the state's rate. If you were to ask any healthcare provider, they'll say that they cannot keep in business under government paid healthcare. The cost would bankrupt them, which is exactly why every hospital and doctor's office is now part of a chain, just like a chain restaurant, a chain store. Now we have chain healthcare. I've taken some pastors or passengers on a two-hour drive just to go to a routine dental appointment because dentists don't take Medicare or Medicaid anymore. They would go broke. And my company doesn't take Medicare passengers anymore because the state doesn't pay its bills. I have one passenger on Medicaid that I've had consistently for five years. Each year, Medicaid lowers his payments by about $10 a trip. You would think they would increase it, right? You know, give people raises. I mean, after all, the state is imposing minimum wage hikes. So, of course, they you would think they would go and pay us more to accommodate that, right? But no. Furthermore, the governmental system is not as compassionate as socialists would like to believe it is. When my passengers get a goof up in their trip, I cannot just take them to the right address. That would be insurance fraud. So they have to get on the phone while I am parked in the van, have them call medical answering service, which is the central call center for their trips, and wait and wait and wait while they are on hold for sometimes a half an hour, 45 minutes, for them to talk to a cranky call staff members who gives my passengers a hard time for asking for their trip to be corrected. That's not compassion. Once that's all taken care of, then I have to get the confirmation from my dispatchers that they got the trip changed. So all in all, someone could actually miss their appointment waiting for an hour to get the address corrected. Now that's government efficiency for you. And why aren't the folks at the call center friendly? Well, quite frankly, those who work in the system are looking forward to five o'clock just as much as anyone else. They aren't missionaries. And I know this because I too am someone who is on Medicaid. I'll admit it. I've had to deal with the folks in the social services offices. Most of them are nice, but have you ever had to fill out paperwork for an application for Medicaid, HEAP, or SNAP? It isn't hard, but it has taken weeks for me to get them all of the paperwork that they require, then weeks to get approval, and again, that's government efficiency for you. But isn't it ironic that someone who receives his pay from Medicaid is also forced to be on Medicaid? That's because if I were to take the company's health care plan, it would take all of my income and then some. So I know what it's like to not be able to afford my own health care. But democratic socialism and health care for all isn't the answer because it just isn't economically feasible. It would cripple the entire health care system and we would see providers go under. Then, instead of some of them not being able to receive adequate health care, no one would be able to receive adequate health care because no one would be able to afford adequate health care. This is assuming that our na nation's deficit doesn't balloon much more than it is, already somewhere is around $30 trillion with no end in sight. 
At best, we would be subject to providers like our dentist, which is government provided, who does not have the same quality resources that an independent dentist could afford to have. I urge you to go ahead and ask your healthcare providers what they think of uh, Medicare and Medicaid billing and payment. Ask the people who work in the billing offices. Ask the hospital CEO and CFO. Ask it your dentist, your eye care specialist, your chiropractor, anyone. Prove me wrong. Ask why your hospital or doctor's office is part of a larger system and no longer independent. Ask these same questions of someone who works in a VA. Ask people why they or their business moved out of state. The problem with imposing national democratic socialism is that while we could move out of New York State, which has crossed our mind, there's nowhere for us to move if these policies get implemented nationally and we see our country going further and further, trillions and trillions of more in debt and still can't afford health care, infrastructure, etc. This is something that we really need to think about. This is something that we really need to tell our elected officials how we feel about it. I don't believe that our elected officials have any idea what it's really like in the real world. I mean, after all, when was the last time they actually lived in the real world and lived under the regulations that they impose.